0: What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Arnie's. Where three guys will get opening weekend tickets to every new Julia Roberts rom-com. I'm Matt Johnson, and I've actually been doing some research lately on how to make my hair look just like Hugh Grant's. I'm Keith Baker, and I'm fearing that I may be a
1: man that has failed to launch.
2: And I'm Austin Terry, and I wish Richard Gere would let me
0: spend a day alone with his credit card. On today's show, of course, we are finally returning back to one of our old favorites, our bracket format. This time to once again answer that pesky age-old question, what is the best romantic comedy? This is now our third year doing a rom-com movie bracket, and I'm scared at how fast time is flying. It's pretty simple and works just like our other brackets, which you should go back and check out, by the way, if you haven't, in our podcast feed wherever you get your podcasts or over on our YouTube channel. You can find Halloween, Sports, Holiday, the IMDb Top 12, and a bunch of other brackets. But anyway, the way it works is the three of us each pick four movies for a total of 12 to pit against each other to see what comes out on top. And this time is no different. In 2021, our first rom-com bracket, we received uh, some, let's call it, criticism over our choices. So last year we had other people pick for us, which seemed to go much better. So you're probably assuming we did that again this year. Nope. We're feeling confident that we can make some good picks on our own uh, against all odds. Uh, But we really just need some redemption. That's what this is all about. So here we go. This time, our subgenres are movies more traditionally romantic, more comedic, and then we have Julia Roberts as well as Judd Apatow flicks. Should be a fun conversation, I think. So uh, my favorite kind of preamble before we get into the brackets, Uh, I'm always excited to know about your guys' experience here. So uh, Austin and Keith, um, how was it watching these 12? Uh, That's what I always want to know whenever we're going into a bracket. Overall, was this fun? Was it a dud? More good than bad? Was this a waste of time? (laughs) Let me know how you're feeling. (laughs) I think overall this year, I would say I enjoyed
2: 95% of these movies. Okay. There was one movie I thought was absolute dog shit, and if it makes it out of its matchup in the first round, I will not be happy. <laughs> well, hey, 95% is pretty good. That's
1: an A+. I would say I liked about 95% of them as well, too. It was a fun time overall, and excited to get into
0: them. I'm in total agreement with you guys. I liked, or at least found something to enjoy in pretty much all of these, and also the same as you guys, with the exception of one, which... I am itching to talk about it. <laughs> I don't know if it's the same as the one Austin's talking about. So I'm, I'm curious. Yeah, I'm really excited to know which ones y'all hated. Because yeah. there's some, I don't think I hated any there's of them. Only well, one, there's only one, like, and I did hate it. There is one that I truly hated. It was, it's the leap year for 2023. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's only one I
2: truly hated. But then there's another
0: one where it's biggest sin is I just think it's boring. So okay. other than that, though, I enjoyed everything else. So then guys, I mean, you know. It's the rom-com bracket, so the criteria is, you know, it has to be somewhat romantic and somewhat comedic as well, have some good characters root for along the way. Um, So we don't really need to talk about criteria necessarily, but what are you looking for specifically this time around for something to move on or maybe even win this year's bracket? I think the biggest thing that's going to knock a few of these out for me is if your two main love interests don't
2: spend enough time together in your film to make the final, um, to make the finale at the end where they declare their love for each other seem believable, then that's gonna easily knock you out of contention for me There's a few of these in this match there's a few of these in this matchup where the main characters just are never on screen together, so you can't really buy that they are into each other
1: i I'm totally with you austin there's a, there's some that are in here where yeah, you just never really saw the two love interests on scene to, on screen together, and you really can't yeah you can't really buy it at the end, like you said so um definitely looking for more of the two. Main characters on screen together, having a good time, having some good comedic moments and having their, their, their love and their
0: bond uh, believable. Only one movie on this list comes to mind when you guys say that. And if it's the one that I'm thinking of, that's going to be an interesting conversation because it's uh, one of my favorites on here, if it's the one that we're wow. talking about here. Uh, but, but I still hear what you're saying. I, I hear what you're saying.
2: Another big stickler for me is the way the love interests treat each other in their films. Mm. Uh, if they're jerks to each other, you're not moving on for me. I'm sorry.
1: Ooh. All right. Well, what about the uh, what about the comedy aspect of things for you guys? Because there's some in here, maybe the love is not always there, but the comedy is really funny.
0: That's always the tricky part with the super bracket. We have some really funny movies on here, but I don't always buy the chemistry. Or we have some super, like, genuinely romantic movies on here, I think. But the comedy is a bit more subtle, and it's like, should it be more prevalent for something to win? I don't know. I I actually think this, just looking at the bracket layout as, as it is now to set up for the audience... To me, at least. I don't know about you guys, but there are going to be some really impossible matchups for me. (laughs) It's going to be hard. (laughs) I think this might be the first year doing this racket where
2: we have majority romance films. So that's going Mm -hmm. to be interesting to talk about. There's certainly some funny ones, uh, but I think as we get into the finals, it's going to be that romance that is edging some films out. The perfect
0: tease. All right, everybody, stick around. We're about to get into it. I promise, last but not least, just one more thing before we get started here. We will not be repeating any of the movies we submitted the last two years. So once again, I definitely recommend that if you haven't listened to our past rom-com movie brackets, uh, you should. Really quickly, I'll just run through the movies that we talked about on those so you aren't left like scratching your head and wondering why we aren't bringing up some maybe obvious movies today. We've already covered A Night's Tale, Chasing Amy, Lars and the Real Girl, 500 Days of Summer, Meet the Parents, Crazy Rich Asians, Silver Linings Playbook, About Time, Shrek, Forgetting Sarah Marshall, Wedding Crashers, When Harry Met Sally, Definitely Maybe, You've Got Mail, Crazy Stupid Love, Bridget Jones's Diary, My Big Fat Greek Wedding, Leap Year, Ugh. Uh, <laughs> I to lose a guy in 10 days, The Proposal, The Princess Bride, Breakfast at Tiffany's, 10 Things I Hate About You, and Clueless. So again- Ugh. <laughs> if you want our thoughts uh, on those and to see how they fared in their respective rom-com brackets, go check those old episodes out wherever you get your podcasts or on our YouTube channel. With that, let's go ahead and leave the past behind and get into this. Keith, how about you let the audience know about our one-seaters today?
1: Our one-seaters for today are the Forty-Year-Old Virgin for the Judd Apatow side of the bracket, Four Weddings and a Funeral for the more romantic group of movies, Illegally Blonde for some more comedic movies, and Pretty Woman for the Julia Roberts side.
2: All right, so Keith just told you who our one-seaters are today. Anything that wins in this first wildcard round is going to go on to face one of those films. And with that, boys, let's get into our
0: Judd Apatow wildcard matchup. All right, so we have This is 40 from 2012, of course, directed by Judd Apatow, and it stars Paul Rudd, Leslie Mann, John Lithgow, Megan Fox, and Albert Brooks. It's a sort of sequel to Apatow's 2007 film Knocked Up, and the movie centers on married couple Pete and Debbie, whose stressful relationship is compounded by each turning 40. All right, we got Trainwreck, came out in 2015. It's directed by Judd Apatow.
1: Stars Amy Schumer, Bill Hader, Brie Larson, Colin Quinn, and LeBron James. The film is about a hard-drinking, promiscuous, free-spirited young magazine writer named Amy Townsend, who has her first serious relationship with a prominent orthopedic surgeon named Aaron Connors.
2: Yeah, so this is an interesting first matchup. Uh, We have kind of a more adult film and This Is 40, taking taking a look at relationships as you kind of get into middle age. And then we have Trainwreck, which is just a boring
0: film starring Amy Schumer. So where do you guys want to go? Boring? (laughs) I feel like if you don't like it, that's fine. But I never thought someone would call Trainwreck boring. Interesting. I think I might even flip it. This is 40 I've never really liked. I I think This is 40 is boring. And I can't believe Judd Apatow got away with making a two and a half hour movie. I was like, ugh. I (laughs) I, I hated that I had to watch it again. (laughs) I'm I'm just kidding. I enjoyed This is 40 for the most part. But this is a a bit of a trickier matchup for me because I would say I like both of these. I don't know. Keith or... Is it, uh, are you with me, or do you (laughs) dislike one of these? I'll
1: say this about Trainwreck. I was going into Trainwreck thinking it was going to be a trainwreck. Um, I always heard bad things about this movie, and I'm not a big Amy Schumer fan either, but I liked it a lot more than I thought. I still didn't think it was great. Um, I don't think her character is likable at all. Yeah, that's my big thing. I really don't like her character. Um, I don't know. I thought the whole love story was kind of weird. But I thought definitely thought there was a lot of funny moments in it, um, for sure. She's very clumsy and, and quirky, and like our description said, she's just a hard drinking, uh, like partier who likes to sleep around and all that kind of stuff. And yeah, th- so there was some funny stuff in it. Um, I definitely enjoyed This Is Forty a lot more. I had seen it before a few times. It's always one of those movies I kind of put on in the background. I always thought it was you know it was, it was light and funny. Um, I like Leslie Mann. I think I think she's hilarious. Um, really, he's always good at playing like the awkward like mom kind of character and uh Paul Rudd of course I love him and you know the side characters too even Jason Segel and Megan Fox I thought were pretty funny in it as well um but yeah I guess it now that you mentioned I guess it is kind of a long movie but I always have a good time with this is 40 um so anyway y'all jump in
2: this is 40 I think what's going to put it ahead of train fact for me personally is that I just have more funnier moments I can point to at this one I agree with Keith I think Leslie Mann is the best part of this film um Paul Rudd's great too but their relationship isn't the best, of course, in this bracket, but the story I find interesting. And I think it is an interesting look at kind of middle age and, and relationships that have been together for a long time. Trainwreck, I'm also kind of with Keith there and the fact that I just find Amy Schumer's character to be a jerk. I also find Bill Hader's character to kind of be a little bit of a twerp. I think the funniest person in this movie is LeBron James against yeah. all odds. Um, so, <laughs> this is 40. I just think it's a more enjoyable film.
0: Um, and that's why I think it's going to edge out Trainwreck for me. Yeah. Interesting. OK. I thought you guys would like Trainwreck a little bit more. I think, you know, when comparing the two, it is a more comedic, whereas This is 40, I think, is a bit more leaning into the romantic side. I also appreciate This is 40 for kind of um, realistically, I think, handling some not only relationship issues, but like marital stuff, raising kids. Um, they find a decent balance of like having comedy in there while also actually like handling like some decently serious real life stuff, especially with, with their respective parents, too. I mean. Yeah, there's like, a lot of baggage there. Um, <laughs> Albert Brooks, some, man. <laughs> yeah. And sometimes it goes a little far. Like, if we're talking about characters we don't like, I fucking hate uh, the Albert Brooks, Paul Rudd's dad. I was like, this guy's miserable. I, would, I could never <laughs> handle a parent like this. I would cut them off so easily. Um, but again, that's not easy to do. So I get it. Trainwreck for me, yeah. I mean – She is also a jerk at the beginning. I guess what it comes down to is I think her arc just works more for me. I like getting her family stuff with her sister and her dad because I think it better informs why she is a little bit the way she is. And I think after her dad dies, I think she's able to reconcile that. And I like where we go um, with the – from that point on with Bill Hader and Amy Schumer's relationship I think gets a lot better. And I understand how it falls apart, but I like seeing them come back together. So I I guess overall just anything that you guys didn't like in Trainwreck – it just comes down to it, it ended up working for me. So well, let's go ahead and get into voting. I think this will be a, a quick one. I'm going to vote for Trainwreck. Um, this is 40 is good. It was better than I remember it being uh, just too long. And yeah, I just don't like a lot of the characters. And uh, I don't have like anything bad to say about it. I guess it's just a little bit boring. That's probably its biggest sin for me.
2: Yeah, I'll throw my vote for This is 40. I don't think it's going to make it much further than out of this round, uh, but it is better than Trainwreck in my mind.
1: Yeah, same here. I uh, don't really have any desire to watch Trainwreck again. This is 40 will always be one of those I'll, I can put on in the background and, and enjoy it. So I'll vote for This is 40.
2: All right. Well, This is 40. We'll move on to face the 40-year-old virgin in round two. And getting into our romantic wing of the bracket, we now have High Fidelity going up against Enough Said. Um, High Fidelity was directed by Steven Frears. It stars John Cusack, Jack Black, Eben Hygie, and Lisa Bonet. Following a breakup with his most recent girlfriend,
0: Rob Gordon recounts his most painful breakups, seeking to find a reason for his failed romances. And then we have Enough Said from 2013. This one's directed by Nicole Holofcenter. It stars Julia Louis-Dreyfus, James Gandolfini, Catherine Keener, and Tony Collette. Eva, a divorced masseuse, begins a relationship with Albert, only to discover that he is the former husband of her client and friend, Marianne. So Enough Said was one of those that was recommended to me. But I want to jump
1: first into high fidelity. This one was kind of a weird one for me. I don't want to say I I hated it, but it was definitely I was definitely confused the whole time watching it. I don't know how you guys were. Um, I just felt like I never could keep track of of his girlfriends and like what the what the flashbacks were and all that kind of stuff. And then the girl he does end up with at the end, I was like, do we do we really even know this girl? Like we didn't really see that much time with with her um, with him. So. Very confused by High Fidelity. Um, going into Enough Said, I actually really enjoyed Enough Said. I thought this, I think this is probably one of the more realistic movies on here. The comedy sometimes is not always there with Enough Said, but I think it's, it's very subtle and kind of dry. Um, but I just kind of like the, the story with uh, uh, James Gannolfini and Julia Louise Dreyfus, like both these single parents uh, with, with daughters around the same age. I like the whole dynamic with her client of her massage therapy. Is happens to be James um uh, ex-wife, and I thought that was hilarious. And the fact that she didn't bring it up was cool, like kind of tension building the entire time. So really enjoyed enough set.
2: Yeah, I had never seen either one of these films. Um, High Fidelity is one that I submitted. I'd always heard about it, but had never seen. I am with Keith that I was confused in the beginning of the film, and there was a good amount of time where I was like kind of cringing and like, oh, I, I don't know, this guy's kind of a jerk. I don't know if I really like this movie. But I will say, by the time uh, we get to the finale of the film. I found myself weirdly charmed by this movie, Um, very invested in all the characters, and ended up having a really good time. And I think it's a movie I'll watch again. Um, Enough said, I also really enjoyed. I think the best part about this movie is the dialogue and the way characters talk. They all feel like real people. They don't feel like they're over the top in any one manner. They just feel like normal middle aged adults trying to move on
0: after the divorces. And um, I also was very pleasantly surprised by Enough said as well. I've seen High Fidelity once before, it was several years ago. So maybe that helped watching it this time alleviate some of the like jumping back and forth. I was able to follow it, but I don't know. It it doesn't change the fact that I think John Cusack's amazing in it, but Rob, his character, is definitely hard to root for. I do agree with Austin that by the end, they find a way to make it charming. You go, oh, yeah, I am rooting for this. Now, it kind of feels like a light switch at times where it's like it just goes from him being miserable to, oh, switch is flipped and now. It's like, oh, I kind of like him, I guess. So it it doesn't really earn some of its ending. But overall, I was able to find the charm. He's an absolute dick for most of it. But (laughs) the comedy's there. I think uh, like, I mean, the Jack Black, I think this is the movie that kind of broke him a little bit, at least maybe more into the mainstream. And he's so good in it. I do like the premise of like a guy kind of earnestly trying to figure out where he went wrong and like getting like visiting with all of his um, exes. I like the fourth wall breaking of him actually like bringing you back and talking about what happened in the first place. It's the way he talks about some of his exes, though, where he kind of loses you, where it's like, uh, this guy really is not that respectful. Yeah, <laughs> the cringe factor is certainly there, uh, like you said. Um, with enough said, yeah, I I, I remember I, um, I watched The Sopranos for the first time in my sophomore year of college. And then I guess after I finish it, that would have been 2013. I went like on a James Gandolfini kick. And obviously he like was either just passed or about to pass. Um, and I stumbled upon enough said. So that was the last time I saw it. Um, and I remember really liking it. And I liked it even more this time. Yeah, it's weird. Like, it feels like you're watching real people. You kind of forget it's a movie sometimes, which is hard to do with stuff that is not only trying to be romantic, but also funny. I agree with Especially Keith. Especially with like, such big actors, too. Innit? Yeah. And I agree with Keith. Like. Maybe enough said in terms of winning a bracket, it's only sin is that it's not that it's the least funny. It's just not often trying to be super funny. But I still think the premise alone, like you said, is hilarious. That's kind of what uh, keeps that like funny momentum. Just the fact that she like already has this client and then like later ends up realizing, oh, this is the ex-wife of the person I'm dating, Um, which is hilarious. But. They even find a way to make that realistic whenever she goes back to him and starts crying and she explains that she didn't tell him because they've both been married before. And so she found an opportunity to maybe figure out this guy's quirks and the things that were wrong. And if they were that bad, then she could leave and not waste her time because she doesn't want to get be with somebody that's going to, you know, destroy her heart again. And it's like, oh, I kind of get it now. Um, and the only movie on here that made me cry whenever they sent their daughter off to college. I was like, oh, my God, this is getting me. Uh <laughs> Moment was uh, really good, but I don't know. I mean, obviously, we're going to open it up now. I, it's, it's a tricky one. I don't know exactly where to lean. It sounds like I I'm not as high on high fidelity, perhaps. Um, I don't know. What do you guys think? I mean, is this is this an easy one? I'm not sure.
2: It's certainly not an easy one. I do think I'm ready to vote, though. I'm going to throw my vote for high fidelity simply because I think the performances are just better in this one. And maybe it doesn't have better characters, but I was truly blown away by each person's performance in the movie. It also made me laugh a bit more, and it was very sweet at the end. Enough said, I still really enjoyed. Um, I think the only thing that's kind of pulling it down for me is the main relationship is great, but there is a lot of side stuff that just kind of gets forgotten about and not resolved by the time the film ends, which did take me
0: out of it a bit. I um, still think it's great, but I'll vote for high fidelity. I do agree with you with, on some of the things uh, not being fully resolved, and part of me didn't really care that it wasn't, and part of me was like, should they? Like With like, her, her daughter's friend, I was like, oh, okay, I guess we're not revisiting that uh, big plotline, but whatever. Um, despite stuff like that, I am ultimately going to vote for Enough Said. I just found it incredibly romantic, I think, in terms of uh, romances, chemistry, and uh, like the couples themselves. It's just so easy to root for and like Julia Louis-Dreyfus together with James Gandolfini. Um, that certainly gets high marks for me. And I, I'm going to vote for it, even though I don't know if I necessarily think it's funnier than something like High Fidelity. I just think... When the comedy is there, it's super dry, like Keith said, and it certainly worked for me, got some laughs, got some emotions out of me. So yeah, I think now that I'm, it it seemed like it was going to be a hard vote, but now that I'm kind of talking through it, I think I feel good about it.
1: It, This is a difficult one, but not too difficult. I will will say this, High Fidelity was a really funny movie. Like I said, it was very hard to follow for me as far as like the romance side of things went. But I think Enough Said will take the cake for me because I think it just fits the romantic comedy side of things. Whereas High Fidelity is more just a comedy for me. So Enough Said gets my vote.
2: All right. Well, Enough Said. We'll go on to face four
0: weddings and a funeral in round two. All right. Well, now let's move on to the more traditional comedic movies. Uh, Let's move on to this side of the bracket here. Uh, So we have Down With Love, a movie I'd never heard of or knew existed from 2003, directed by my greatest enemy, Peyton Reed. (laughs) Um, (laughs) And it stars Renee Zellweger, Ewan McGregor, David Hyde Pierce, and Sarah Paulson, Pretty incredible cast there. Uh, And it tells the story of a woman who advocates female independence in combat with a Lothario writer.
1: And we got Failure to Launch came out in 2006, directed by Tom Day. Stars Matthew McConaughey, Sarah Jessica Parker, Zoe Deschanel, Justin Bartha, Bradley Cooper, Terry Bradshaw, and Kathy Bates. The film focuses on a 35-year-old man living with his parents who shows no interest in leaving the comfortable life that they, especially his mother, have made for him.
2: All right. Uh, Well, Failure to Launch is the movie I thought was dog shit. So I guess we'll start there. I thought this movie was horrible. Um, Down with Love is kind of, it's like the anti-rom-com, I guess you could call it that way. Um, I had also never heard of this movie. I'd never seen it before. Really impressed with all the performances. Um, Had a great time with this one. Failure to launch. I just found extremely boring. Didn't really like any of the characters except for Bradley Cooper's as Demo. Uh, literally, he plays a character <laughs> named Demo. Um, the premise, I didn't. The premise, I think, is the only good part about this movie, but it's not executed very well. And yeah, this is. I don't, this movie sucks.
1: But, uh, but Austin, you have to thank this movie because. Todd Phillips probably watched this and said, oh, Justin Bartha and Bradley Cooper, those are going to be my stars for The Hangover. What a team.
0: (laughs) Yeah, Uh, yeah, I mean, Keith, I mean, we know about your love for Matthew McConaughey. So, I mean, you got to (laughs) go next then. You got to go next.
1: I had to throw this one in there. I had a feeling one or both of you guys would probably not like this one. I'd seen failure launch, I think, once or twice. I kind of like the a lot of the lines in it, and I like just the randomness of where they're at like the the paintballing scene the the biking scene <laughs> and all that, and then like the different like the different steps she's taking that uh, trying to get him to move out. I, <laughs> I thought it was kind of so hard funny, when but... he crashed
0: on the bike
1: <laughs> <laughs> but down with love actually that was the last movie I watched this morning um I enjoyed it as well too um but I will say down with love was definitely a little bit boring for me I guess I did I'm with you Austin the performances are good and I kind of like the whole like love triangles going on with everybody in it but I still didn't really buy his his love affair with uh, the main girl
2: yeah it definitely gets a little over the top in the second half it, it did re- actually really remind me of how to lose a guy in whatever it is 10 days yeah. um very similar premise there I I, th- I kind of like the atmosphere of this one it almost feels like it's set in an alternate reality. Um, I, I like the way everyone talks. I, I love the premise of it, of, you know, this woman who's been spurned is going to write this book that kind of impacts the entire world and makes it harder for men to pick up girls in this like kind of 1970s setting. So I, I, I just I thought the premise was executed pretty perfectly in this one. And I did not think the premise was executed very well in Failure to Launch. Yeah, these are a
0: couple of weird ones to talk about. I'm definitely with Keith that down with love. I liked it. Even though I was like simultaneously kind of bored while watching it, um, but I definitely liked it. So it's kind of a weird feeling. Uh, I also love the atmosphere. It was so colorful, very vibrant. It just popped. It was just like good vibes for sure. Um, and yeah, I definitely caught on to the, you know, speaking of McConaughey, like the uh, How to Lose a Guy kind of a plot where they're acting like, you know, they're trying to make this work when in reality they're kind of not. Uh, so that, that's kind of always a fun premise. I um, I don't know. <laughs> They definitely had good chemistry, but I wasn't like super actively rooting for them to get together. Uh, and then I kind of was getting to that point. But then I just hated how they revealed that, oh, um, Renee Zellweger was like his old secretary that was actually in love with him. And it made me feel like like my ability to root for her kind of went away. I was like, oh, she was such a yeah. cool character. And now it's like making and McGregor look better when we don't really need to do that. But it kind of got me back on board uh, after that towards the ending. just kind of a weird moment um i think david hyde pierce god i I always love david hyde pierce in anything he just makes me laugh (laughs) so hard doesn't matter what the line is uh it just always gets me i'm a man's man (laughs) (laughs) failure to launch might be one of the more weird watching experiences i've had in recent memory i assumed i was gonna hate this movie And I did like I I should have like set up a camera to record myself watching this because for the first half, I know I was like, this is one of the worst movies I've watched lately. Um, But then somehow it's like, I I don't know. In the second half, I was like kind of having a good time. (laughs) I don't know what (laughs) changed or why or when. Um, But certainly once the credits rolled, I was like, okay, that was fine. Um, And honestly, I, I think I might. In terms of the romance I was rooting for, I mean, of course, McConaughey and Sarah Disco Parker have good chemistry. I don't think that's a shocker to anybody. But I I, kind of like the Justin Bartha, Zoe Deschanel relationship. I thought that was kind of sweet. So I don't know. There was things to like. But really, like Austin said, whenever it makes an effort to be like a slapstick comedy, that's when it kind of loses me. It's like he just keeps getting bitten by animals. And I understand there was like a point to that with like nature trying to force him to change his nature or whatever. And then, like, once he actually does, then the animals, like, the dolphin at the end leaves him alone. I get it, but it was still <laughs> fucking stupid. <laughs> Forgot about the dolphin. I don't know. I mean, if you guys are ready to vote, I am. I Like, I didn't love it, but I'm going to go with down with love just because I thought it was a super interesting. And like Austin said, it kind of is the anti-rom-com. So, like, there was certainly cool intent that they had while writing it and making it. And I think for the most part, they executed pretty well.
1: I had to confess something whenever I kind of had another movie in my head. When, I was, when y'all said Down With Love, I was like, I was thinking of that last movie I just watched. This, I was thinking of Four Weddings and a Funeral, when I said when, earlier. So, Down With Love, I did not think was boring. I actually had a really good time with Down With Love. Oh, what with a twist. Love. Wow. <laughs> four <laughs> Weddings and a Funeral, which we'll wow. get to later, is what I thought later. was boring. But no, I had a good time with Down With Love. Um, but I, but I, I kind of stick with what I said about Four Weddings and a Funeral. I still didn't really, really didn't buy their... The romance at the end, though. Um, and it's more just a fun movie for me. So I think I'm actually going to vote for failure to launch.
0: Whoa!
1: I know, I know it's a bad movie, but it's one of those movies, you know, when I'm watching it, I know it's bad, but I'm still having a good time watching it. Um, yeah, I guess and I, I, I And I still think it fits all the, the rom-com uh, criteria for me, so I'm going to throw a vote for failure to launch.
2: Yeah, I think it's pretty obvious where I'm going with this one. Um, I will be voting for Down With Love. Uh, failed to launched, the only relationship I cared about was Matthew McConaughey's and Terry Bradshaw's. Uh, so that's how bad <laughs> yeah. I thought the characters were. Down With Love, I think, is just a really fun movie, and I will definitely watch this one again. So yeah, it's, it's for sure getting my vote. All right, well, Down With Love will go on to face Legally Blonde in round two. And getting into our final matchup of the wild card round, we have our Julia Roberts wing of the bracket. Uh, first up, we have Larry Crown, which was released in 2011 and directed by Tom Hanks, stars Tom Hanks, Julia Roberts, and Cedric the Entertainer. Larry Crown, a middle-aged man, unexpectedly loses his job and returns to education where he falls for her speech professor.
0: And then we have Notting Hill from 1999. This one's directed by Roger Michel, stars Julia Roberts, of course, Hugh Grant, and Reese Eiffens. Uh, the story is of a romance between a London bookseller and a famous American actress who happens to walk into a shop. All right. I'm a little nervous uh, because I thought we were all going to be on the same page.
2: That Failure Launch was the dog shit movie in this bracket. But you guys each said you had one yourselves. Um,
0: is that movie Larry Crown? It is one of my least favorite movies I've ever seen in my entire life. <laughs> wow. I despised this movie. Hated Whoa. it. Hated it. <laughs> I uh, was telling the guys before we started recording that... Um, I ended up not having as much time as I'd hoped during the week to watch some movies. So I had to watch uh, a couple over the weekend. And I got home from doing something Friday night and I was like, maybe I'll just get ahead. So I have some more free time. So I started Larry Crown. I don't know. it was probably like an hour and 30 minute movie or whatever. And it was so painfully boring. And it made me so angry that I just decided to go to bed <laughs> just turned it off and stopped it and when i woke up and realized i had to finish larry crown i only had like 20 minutes left like that's how close i was tom hanks is a good actor guys but he needs to stay away from the directing chair <laughs> oh man
2: <laughs> i'll say this about larry crown i think the romance part of this movie is horrible yeah i did like his relationship with the other students um i liked his interactions with julia roberts like as teacher teacher student Um, I like I even like the stuff in the department store, everything from Tom Hanks character. I really liked the movie's biggest sin for me is that him and Julia Roberts are never on screen together. So we don't learn anything about their relationship. We don't learn about why they're falling for each other. They spend way too much time with this weird scooter gang plot all that time could have been given to building up a relationship between these two. So I agree with you. I had a way better time
0: with Larry Crown just because I love Tom Hanks and I thought he was really good in the movie, but it's a horrible romance movie. I genuinely would like to know what went into the writing of this movie, because what were they thinking when it came to the romance element? It's just like they have good chemistry. Like, I I like their scenes together, but I don't it's not romantic chemistry. And then one night after, like, her husband, like, does something that makes her want to leave him. She happens to run into Larry Crown. He drives her home and then they kiss. And apparently it looks like he doesn't want to kiss her at first. It looks like he's like, oh. And I was like, oh, this could be interesting. And then they do. And apparently he's stoked about it. And then it cut to like a few minutes later in the movie at the end when she's like, I heard you told your friend that my class changed your life. And he was like, I did because I met you. I'm like, what? <laughs> like, it's just It just feels bizarre. like there were scenes that were cut from the movie with them to give more yeah. time to the scooter gang. <laughs> the scooter gang, which if people have not seen Larry Crown. That is an accurate statement. Like, he literally gets involved with a scooter game. <laughs> <laughs> it's also, it's written and directed by Tom
2: Hanks.
1: Oh, I didn't know he wrote it, too. Well, it's based on a true story. Oh. Tom, It's based on Tom, one of Tom
0: Hanks' best friends. Oh, Tim Allen? <laughs>
1: Not Tim Allen. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Well, all right. Well, I mean, I guess this will be an interesting one because, at least for me, when jumping into something like Notting Hill, it makes it kind of an easy matchup because I hated Larry Crown, but I'd never seen Notting Hill. Kind of like Austin mentioned with High Fidelity, it's one that I've always heard about. I've heard really good things about it, and I kind of loved it. I thought it was like a super like jolly and kind of delightful movie. Awesome chemistry. Um, I don't know. Yeah, just loved Hugh Grant, and Julia Roberts. Really good movie.
2: Yeah, I think Notting Hill is one we'll definitely talk about more because I I also loved it. Um, very interesting premise. Definitely a twist on the traditional like the big rich man comes in and, yeah. and saves the girl. This one is the polar opposite where, you know, rich celebrity comes in and, and meets a man. Um, so kind of like that premise, like Matt said, great chemistry. I love Hugh Grant in anything. So love that kind of dry British humor that this one has. It's easily going to beat out Larry Crown for me in this matchup.
1: Yeah, I really enjoyed Notting Hill. I, You know, I, I really didn't know a lot about Hugh Grant until going into this bracket because I think we had seen maybe one or two other movies in our other brackets with him. Um, but this one's, Definitely has more of him in it. But yeah, he's hilarious. And, I, and like you said, Austin, I love the, the dry British humor a lot of his movies have. Man, I think actually one of my biggest laugh out loud moments came from Notting Hill. And that was the horse and the hound magazine scene. Oh, man. so uh, funny. That yeah. Was great. <laughs> Do you have any horses in the, are there any horses in the movie? <laughs> have or any the hounds too? One? We also cover those species as well. <laughs>
2: I thought that, I thought that shit was so funny. I really like the like difference in perspective too. And they call that out where, you know, uh, Julia Roberts' character has been in this limelight life for years now and she can't, like they get along, but she can't relate to the struggles that Hugh Grant's character might have and vice versa. And I, I like that. I also like that Hugh Grant and his friends just feel like regular people. They don't, they mm-hmm. kind of like we talked about with Enough Said, they just feel like normal people going through their lives. And, and I feel like all their reactions and conversations feel very genuine and real and really enjoyed it, yeah. The dinner scene was really cool.
0: Yeah, I just – yeah, it kind of has everything. It certainly has all the tropes of a rom-com. It just executes them, like, very, very well. And I'm not – I wasn't surprised to see that Richard Curtis wrote it, who – uh works with hugh grant a lot i mean they did love actually together we also love what he did with about time um yeah he's just a good writer good good knack for dialogue and like i said it it's it's a very tropey movie but it just they kind of nailed it like they have all the friends you would expect you have like the supportive friends and then you have like the the wacky classic side rom-com character with re-siphons but he's like you root for him he's like funny (laughs) like he's fun to watch um Some annoying things in rom-coms are like the things you always expect that towards the second act, something's going to happen, which drives our characters apart only for them to come back together in the third act. Um, But like Austin said, you kind of understood it. Like the reason they kind of fell apart was because of their difference in perspective. Um, And it was pretty realistic on both sides. You totally understood where they were both coming from and why it had to end. Um, And whenever she like gives herself to him at the bookstore and says like that line that, you know. Everybody quotes, I had no idea it was in this movie, like the whole, like, I'm just a girl standing in front of a guy hoping that, like, he'll love me too, or whatever it is. Um, Like, whenever he doesn't do it, you're just, like, banging your head like, what the fuck? And then it immediately goes to a scene with his friends, and he's like, oh, I fucked up. And then they immediately resolve it. Like, yeah, they just, they took all these classic tropes and just kind of knocked
2: it out of the park. Uh, Well, I think unanimously, uh, Notting Hill is going to move on to face Pretty Woman in round two of our Julia Roberts wing of the bracket. It is for me. Yep. Same for me.
0: Sorry, Larry. (laughs) All right, everybody, let's get into round two. We're going to see our winners from last round go up against the one-seaters for the first time. Should be exciting. So let's get into it. So first, we'll start by revisiting the Judd Apatow wing. So once again, we have This Is 40 coming in, and it is facing the 40-year-old virgin. This one's from 2005, uh, also, again, directed by Judd Apatow, and it stars Steve Carell, Catherine Keener, Paul Rudd, Romany Malco, and Seth Rogen. Carell is the titular 40-year-old virgin Andy, an employee at an electronics store. His co-workers kind of get together and resolve to help him lose his virginity, but along the way, he ends up falling in love with Trish.
2: Yeah, so I'll kick us off here with the 40-year-old virgin. Um, this is a movie I had never seen and had always actively avoided, because I, the only thing I knew about this movie was the premise it just always seemed so mean-spirited to me. So I never really sought this one out. Um, and I, I'm really happy to find out I was extremely wrong. It's a very sweet movie. It's hilarious. I think it's probably the funniest movie in this bracket today. Um, the characters are great. The romance is great. It kind of checks all those boxes. And I think it's, it definitely checks all like the Judd Apatow boxes, where it has those traditional romantic comedy beats, but then he just does more with the side characters. And I love... All the characters in this film, even Elizabeth Banks' character, I thought was hilarious. Oh, yeah. um, I'd have blasted this movie, um, and Steve Carell and Katherine Keener have some of the best chemistry I think in our bracket today, too.
1: Yeah, I love the forty-year-old Virgin. I, it's one of those movies you were you were kind of thinking it was gonna be more like mean-spirited about it, and but really, everybody's kind of like trying to help him out. Even his friends at the, uh, at the tech store.
2: They get into that right away in the opening of the film, which I really enjoyed. Like, it's not some thing hanging over him that he's trying to hide. Like, they find out and they're like, hey, man, we're going to help you. So yeah. that, that's what really kind of endeared me whenever I was starting this out for the
0: first time. The reason that it doesn't feel mean-spirited is because his friends are trying to help him, but they're just not very good at helping. They don't really know how to help, but they're trying. So, like, if they were, like, actively fucking him over, it'd be like, oh, this is, like, super gross and mean-spirited. But... They have their own problems, like they, they, they kind of dive into a little bit with Paul Rudd, like like obsessing and missing his girlfriend. Does it lean into creepy territory at times? Yeah, it does, but it, it's, <laughs> it, it ends up working. I think Mindy Kaling pops in real quick and kind of makes it funny. Um, and then Romany Malka, like, yeah, it, it's kind of interesting is it's like, so this guy is cheating. We're acknowledging that, right? And then watching that kind of resolve itself uh, towards the end with having a baby. It's like, OK, um, but yeah, I like I like the angle of like they. Throughout the movie, they each try and give him like specific advice. And then he tries to do it. And it's like the whole time you're like, oh, yeah, I want him to lose his virginity. He wants to as well. Like, you know, I'm rooting for him. But then at the same time, it's like, oh, but now I feel gross because I want him to stop like doing this with his friends and get with this one girl he likes. And they're telling him not to do it. But then, of course, by the end, they come around. So I don't, yeah, it's just super funny. It's a blast. I love it. And like Austin said, I don't want it to get lost because it's obviously known as a comedy. But yeah, the Steve Carell, Catherine Keener just. Like natural chemistry. It's just such an easy relationship to root for. And again, whenever it falls into that trope territory, oh no, it fell apart. Like you still like feel sad because even though you know it was coming, like you want them to be together. And I love how it resolves later. So yeah, it's a really good movie. Like every turn you're scared that it's gonna be like really like (laughs) mean or sad, but it never quite goes there. So I like it. I think comparing this against this is forty
2: This is Forty definitely feels like a more adult film and addressing adult themes, but I think why This Is 40 for me is going to lose in the rom-com bracket to The 40-Year-Old Virgin is because, and This Is 40, they kind of make a case why Paul Rudd and Leslie Mann shouldn't be together anymore. Like, they don't have a good relationship. And just because she gets pregnant is the reason they're going to stay together, Um, which isn't the best way to continue your marriage. <laughs> Whereas The 40-Year-Old Virgin, I, I kind of buy that. They do enough in the film to show you why these two are going to work together, why Catherine Keener is like the perfect person Steve Carell could have met in his situation, and They also show you how he can like kind of fit into her family with her daughter and that they have a good relationship. So for me, uh, the 40 Old Virgin is definitely going to get my vote over This is 40.
1: Yeah, uh, I think it's pretty easy for me too. 40 Old Virgin checks all the boxes. It's hilarious. The Catherine Keener and Steve Carell relationship is believable. Man, there's so much to love about this movie and I love watching it every year. It's always funny to put on. I love the tech store scenes like with Kevin Hart when he comes in and goes off, Jane Lynch in it kind of bossing them around and calling them smart ass. be and his
0: <laughs> friends with <the> benefits <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah i think ultimately what it comes down to for me is like this is 40 i is a more adult movie i think people who haven't seen it might not realize that i mean it is tackling like real things the The problem with it and, and it is funny it has a lot of good like you know laugh out loud moments there's some sweet moments in there too and like you do want leslie mann and paul rudd to like work it out I, I just think what it is is it's like almost a two and a half hour movie and they spend too much of that run time like trying to break them apart, prove why they shouldn't be together, which is fine. But then at the end when it's like Paul Redd is now like totally cool with having this baby and like, of course, I love you and I'm thrilled and we'll stay together. It was just like too much of that runtime was spent like showing us to Austin's point why maybe they shouldn't be together. And then at the end, I guess i have been using the metaphor of like flipping a switch a lot today. And it's, it's kind of that they just flip it and it's all happy. And then the movie ends. It's like, oh, that was weird. Uh, so it's an easy one for me as well. 40 year old virgin has all those laugh out loud moments, even more than this is 40. And one of the sweetest relationships of the bunch today as well. So easy win. Maude Apatow is the funniest part of this is 40, by the way. Her obsession with Lost is very real and something I could relate to at the time. <laughs>
2: All right. Well, the 40-year-old virgin will go on to the semifinal rounds, and to find out what it will be facing, we now have Four Weddings and a Funeral going up against
0: Enough Said. All right, Keith, we got to open the floor to you, because you gave us the perfect tease earlier when you somehow confused Down with Love and Four Weddings and a Funeral. Uh, I'm only surprised that you mix it up, because Four Weddings and a Funeral is quite literally what the movie is about. (laughs) So...
2: All right. Well, Four Weddings and a Funeral was released in 1994. It's directed by Mike Newell and stars Hugh Grant, Andy McDowell, Kristen Scott Thomas, Simon Cowlow, James Fleet, and John Hannah. It follows the adventures of Charles and his circle of friends through a number of social occasions as they encounter romance.
1: Yeah, like I said earlier, um, I enjoy the dry British humor that Hugh Grant brings to uh, most, if not all, of his movies. This one, though, I just I think it just kind of fell flat for me on the on the romance side of things. The comedy, I think, was there. I liked all the weddings they were going to. I liked that he was late <laughs> to every one of them. Um, I thought that was just a funny gimmick. And I liked all the, all the side characters, too, were hilarious. I think what fell flat for me on this one, I just found the romance with him and the carrier girl to be odd and not, not uh,
2: believable, I guess. It's almost non-existent.
1: Yeah, that's the, probably the better word to use. Um, and I felt like he probably should have got with the other, the other girl that was in love with I him. I know, his friend. Um, I was hoping <laughs> that was going to happen. Yeah, I just find the the romance side of it to be very, very odd and and misdirectioned.
2: Yeah, this is definitely a strange film. Um, four weddings and a funeral. I think the biggest thing I agree with Keith in is that I've really thought they were setting up the friend to be the ro- the love interest after he learns like Carrie isn't who he needs in his life. And then I was shocked with the way the film ends with him leaving someone at the altar. I was like, You're just kind of an ass. Like you went through all this, you run into Carrie one more time and like literally on your wedding day, you're gonna leave her up there. I I like the characters. I think it has some very funny moments, but overall, the biggest thing that falls flat for me in this one is the love interest.
0: Yeah, I'd only seen this one once before, and obviously it has a good reputation. I remember liking it a lot when I was much younger. Uh, I definitely didn't like it as much this time, probably just now that I'm older and maybe have some more experience. So I feel like I can better inform the romance side that you guys are talking about. And I think ultimately I agree. And I don't know what the issue is. I, I hate like saying bad things about actors when I don't know if I fully buy into it because I like Andy McDowell a lot. I don't know. I think there was maybe just something off of the performance in this movie specifically. Um, I don't know. Yeah. There was just something weird about it because like Hugh Grant's really good in it. And like I can understand why he's infatuated with this person. But maybe I just didn't fully buy the other side of that coin. Um, much to talk about like negative in like Charles's case too. Like I just said, I, I know why he's infatuated with her. But it never quite turns the corner and makes you understand why maybe he's in love with her and ready to spend the rest of his life with her. I do kind of like the element at the end of him asking her to not marry him because maybe he realized that that type of uh, tradition maybe isn't necessarily what he needs or important to him. So I, I kind of like them committing to each other in that way. Uh, but it's still it's still odd. And yeah, I mean, it's impossible not to off as a dick after he sees her just one more time and then leaves his uh, fiance on the altar. It's like, oh, that's tough. Especially after we've encountered that
2: character, and yeah. think of the second <laughs> wedding, and we saw she already wasn't doing well, so he he knows like this is probably gonna like wreck her by doing this yeah. again to her.
0: Yeah, it's tricky. I think the comedy's there for me, like Keith said. I mean, again, talk, talking about the other Hugh Grant film, Notting Hill, the the side characters and friends in this movie, uh, a very good bunch, and some good performances and good acting there. Uh, it's always fun seeing them pop in and out of the story. Liked his brother as well. I don't know. I guess just the romance on a second viewing was a little bit lacking. Like I said, I thought they had like good chemistry and I thought actually had pretty good sexual chemistry. It's just like whenever it became like love, it was like, mm, that's kind of lacking, which is tough to compare to something like Enough Said where it's like, maybe it's like the other side of it because it's like that one has less comedy. When it's there, it's great, but just not as much of it. But the romance side is certainly there in spades for me. So a little bit of the opposite situation here. I definitely think Enough Said has some of that awkward humor in there.
2: Um, I wouldn't call it like, a super romantic movie. I just think it feels very real and very mature. Um, like no one's like sweeping each other off their feet or things like that. Um, I do think uh, Julia Dreyfus's character, a lot of the film, she's being very mean to her love interest. And so that's important to me in these rom-coms is I, I want people to treat each other well. The love story is better in this film than Four Weddings and a Funeral. So I, I will ultimately vote for enough said. Um, but I don't really like the way she treats her partner for the majority of the film either. Just want to call that out.
0: Yeah, that dinner party is really hard to watch. Um, I think it's supposed to be, but yeah, it's still like it, hard to root for her in that moment.
1: Yeah, I guess it was—yeah, that was how, that's how the story, I guess, was supposed to be told, because the ex-wife's supposed to be—as James Gunolfini's character worded it, you're, you let my ex-wife poison our relationship by letting her fill your head with all of my, my quirks and idiosyncrasies and all that.
0: I did, I guess, since I don't know if it's going to go on at this point. It doesn't sound like it will. Uh, just to leave a positive taste in my mouth, at least— uh, I do actually quite like the relationship that John Hanna and Simon Callow's characters have. Um, and whenever um, I forget the character's name, but whenever Simon Callow's character dies, he's the, you know, the titular funeral Gareth, Gareth. Yeah, I thought that was a very lovely kind of nice send off. And I was like, oh, OK, yeah, th- this is super sweet. And that's kind of the thing that ends up spurring them all to kind of take Gareth's advice before he passed and like actually earnestly try and find that person so it is cool that not only hugh grant does that by the end but i like that all of his friends like end up uh finding people which then they kind of roll through in the credits too i was like okay that was kind of cool um yeah so that's the last positive thing i'll say i just wish that that at the end uh hit harder because like we were rooting for them to be in love couldn't quite get there so i think i'm gonna go with enough said as well
2: yeah i'll definitely vote for enough said as well enough said for me as well all right. Well, enough said. We'll move on to face the 40-year-old virgin
0: in the semifinal round. Oh, no. Catherine Keener versus Catherine Keener. <laughs> <laughs> ah! <laughs> All right. Let's move along here. Back to the comedy side of the bracket. So we have Down With Love returning, this time facing off against Legally Blonde. So Legally Blonde is from 2001, directed by Robert Luketic. It stars Reese Witherspoon, Luke Wilson, Selma Blair, Matthew Davis, Victor Garber, and Jennifer Coolidge, the legend, in my opinion. Uh, Elle Woods is a sorority girl who attempts to win back her ex-boyfriend, Warner, by going to Harvard Law School and in the process overcomes stereotypes against blondes and triumphs as a successful lawyer. Don't you mean Warner Huntington III? How, How dare Future <laughs> senator. How dare future senator. Yeah, so I, I was curious to submit this one. Have you guys seen Legally Blonde before? No. This is my first time all the way through. First time yeah, for me too. Yeah. yeah, I watched it for the first time in college and I was kind of of that opinion. I was like, do I need to see Legally Blonde? And then I remember being like, yeah, that was good. (laughs) But uh, yeah, so I'm curious. I guess I'll leave it up to you guys. I mean, it's just a movie I quite like, and I liked it again this time. So did you guys have any uh, standout thoughts? I think the
2: comedy is, is really there. I understand why people quote it all the time now after having seen it um this does not check the box for me on the romance side at all uh i think honestly luke wilson's kind of a creep because he's got to be in his late 30s and she if she's a freshman in college she's 18 well
0: no she graduated college she graduated college she's yeah, in law like, oh, i guess that's true so maybe she's she was probably like early 20s yeah yeah it's still know. a little age gap, it's still a little weird yeah <laughs> yeah age gap
2: was still a little off for me um i did like the story though i found the story very engaging and interesting um, the romance this really wasn't there for me in this one.
0: Yeah, before Keith goes, this is the movie I was talking about at the beginning whenever so I forgot about Larry Crown uh, whenever you mentioned that. But this is the one that I was kind of listening to you guys talk about. Something might not move on because like the characters that we're supposed to be rooting for don't spend enough time together. I have a couple things I might say, and it's a support. But Keith, how about you go?
1: Yeah, no, I really enjoyed Legally Blonde, but I'm definitely with Austin that the, the romance side of things is not there for me. Um, the fact that she gets with Luke Wilson at the end and Luke Wilson's character has been dating they've been dating for two years or something like that I'm like what okay (laughs) I mean I guess that's where it was going obviously but okay we didn't see any of that happen um but the the comedy is definitely there um, really funny I liked all of her kind of like one up moments uh, with her boyfriend and all that it's like oh yeah getting to Harvard wasn't that hard like, it was pretty easy <laughs> uh, <laughs> so the comedy was definitely there
0: so, yeah I, I definitely agree the comedy certainly checks that box I mean this is just such a fun movie to laugh at but the, the writing's are really good and Reese Witherspoon just like nails every line delivery I think she's hysterical in this movie Um, so my one argument with the romance side it is weird that was like because we're not even really rooting for Luke Wilson and Reese Witherspoon because we, we're not we don't know that we're supposed to be until very, very late in the movie. And it's like, oh, is this the pairing that it's going to be? The reason why I still feel good calling it a romantic comedy is because romance is a huge part of it, even though it's not the thing that we maybe traditionally expect with like, oh, our main character is going to meet and fall in love with X person or Y person. Um, Like the whole like start of the movie is with her like. The boyfriend that she loves, they're going to spend the rest of their lives together. And then that not working and her fighting to get that back is kind of the main crux of the movie. So it is a lot about romance. And obviously she is, um, oh man, the scenes where she's helping Jennifer Coolidge <laughs> maybe prepare for some romance. <laughs> so funny. Um, So I guess my point is that there's just the story is a lot about romance, I guess. It's just not. So it's a romantic comedy by definition, I guess. It's just. When it comes to her finding love, the movie isn't really doing that. Like whenever it pops up at the end, like they've been together for two years and he's proposing tonight. I just think that's like a nice full circle moment uh, from the opening scene where she's like, I'm going to get proposed to tonight. And then he does. And it's like, oh, this is the guy that is going to do that. So is it more of like a love thing? No, it just feels like a nice, good, like writing full circle type thing. So I still think it's a romantic comedy, but I can't argue with you guys when it comes to that part of it.
2: It's kind of a perfect matchup to go up against Down With Love because you can almost make the same arguments about that film too, where maybe the romance isn't the center of it. It is like the anti-rom-com, um, but there are still romantic things happening in the film and it does have some very funny moments.
1: Yeah. So I liked your point about, you know, it doesn't, these movies don't always have to end up with uh, a perfect love story, but the fact that they're, they're kind of on the hunt for love the whole time while also being funny uh, kind of makes the case. So um, yeah, I think I'm going to vote for Legally Blonde because I think it just did more for me comedy-wise, and that's not to diss down with love too much, because I also laughed a lot in that one as well. Um, but I think Legally Blonde is definitely one, and I'm bringing it up for the first time in this bracket. Oh. Rewatchability, baby. Ah.
2: <laughs>
1: <laughs> so Legally Blonde is definitely one I, I can see myself uh, watching again several times. Um, I just enjoyed Reese Witherspoon's like kind of ditzy, but really act- also intelligent moments when it came to interacting with the different students and the teachers and all that. So uh, I'll vote for Legally Blonde.
2: I think for me with Legally Blonde, its reputation might have been hurting it for me because I wasn't blown away with it. I was just like, yeah, that was fine. Um, and this, is, this really is a perfect matchup, the more I think about it, because I, like, I really like the equality message in Down With Love, and I like where the relationships end up in the end, where his friend and her coworker, like they get together, but they both agree they're going to they're keep working. One of them's not going to be expected to stop working, like things like that and Legally Blonde is the same way, where they're both going to be coworkers. They They get out of bad relationships and end up together. I think Down With Love just executes its premise a lot better. There's definitely some stuff towards the back of the film where uh, maybe that's a little over the top, but it always fit in line with like what the film is always setting up to do anyways. Um, and I like the message at the end of the film. I like the characters, love the performances, made me laugh a lot more. So I'll vote for Down With Love.
0: Yeah, I think perhaps Down With Love fits uh, into the bracket a bit more, but kind of like my little preamble about um, Legally Blonde, why I think it works as a rom-com. I, I like Austin. I think that makes it a very interesting matchup. What it comes down to for me is Down With Love. I liked the premise. I liked the message it was going for, obviously. Um, I think they lost a little bit of that feminist um, story towards the end, which kind of annoyed me because uh, it felt like it was executed really well uh, throughout most of it. But that aside, um, by the time the credits were rolling, I was like... I. I guess I would say I only felt okay about them being together and I'd rather just vote for something that while it doesn't have that traditional like get together moment that we expect, I still think Reese Witherspoon and Nicholson had good chemistry. And like I said, it feels like a good full circle moment at the end. So I think I'm just going to vote like Keith said. uh, I'm going to vote for the one that maybe didn't have that element, but it made me laugh throughout and it is very much a movie about romance. And I like the story. And since it's part of the story, I I feel good about voting for it as well.
2: All right, well, Legally Blonde, we'll move on to the semifinals, and to find out what it will be going up against, we now have our final matchup of round two. We have Pretty Woman versus Notting Hill. So Pretty Woman was released in 1990, is directed by Gary Marshall, and stars Richard Gere, Julia Roberts, Jason Alexander, and Hector Elizondo. It centers on Hollywood prostitute Vivian Ward and wealthy businessman Edward Lewis. Vivian is hired to be Edward's escort for several business and social functions, and their relationship develops during her week-long stay with him.
0: I'd never seen Pretty Woman before, a big uh, Whoa. white whale on my list of movies to see. I mean, it's a big one. and I just had never seen it for whatever reason. Me neither. Oh, wow. Well, I guess um, we'll start with you, Matt. What, what did you think of Pretty Woman? I thought it was great. It certainly lived up to its um, uh, lofty like, reputation, I think, at least. Um, I had a blast with it. I thought it was a really funny movie. I thought it was a really sweet movie. When it comes to the premise, I think that alone lends to so, like, so many great comedic moments. Um, and it, the movie made me miss Richard Gere. I don't know where he's been lately, uh, but I've always loved him. Um, yeah, I, I just really liked both of these characters a lot, like individually, like whenever they were off on their own doing something, I found them easy to root for, despite some of their flaws. Um, and yeah, and like watching them get together, like the movie did a great job, I think, um, of making you forget that it's just a week long stay that they have. So, which is kind of comical. It's like, Oh, we fell in love over the over the course of a week, but. I actually think it was pretty believable in this movie. So it gets points in that regard. Yeah. I don't know. Um, did it blow me away? Maybe I couldn't go that far until I see it again, but I definitely can feel good saying about it. I loved it. Um I don't know why I waited so long. Really good movie. I
1: think I'm with you guys though. I think I think overall I enjoyed this one.
0: Well, don't throw me in there, Keith. You're with
2: Matt. I haven't oh, shared my sorry points Austin you yet. Whoa. That's,
1: I'm sorry, Jeez. Austin. That's God, right. Sorry, sir. <laughs> sorry, brother. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, overall I thought it was kind of a cool story. Um and Kind of funny, but like sad at the same time. Uh, I guess because like prostitution, obviously, is kind of a very sad profession when you think about it. And it's, so it's it's kind of it was kind of cool to see her turn a new leaf and get away from that life, and that and the fact that he wanted her to get away from that life, even though he even though he did hire her to be his escort for a week, but but it did work. It did work for me the, on the romance side. The fact that they had to spend a week together and that. You know she was kind of rubbing off on him and he was rubbing off on her in the sense that you know you can't be walking to the hotel like dressed in scrimpy clothes and she was kind of (laughs) rubbing off of him like hey relax you're not just you don't have to work all the time (laughs) and all that kind of stuff so it was kind of cool to see like their their differences kind of come together and uh working working kind of a comedic way as well so um but overall i enjoyed it it was cool but i wasn't blown away by it by any means uh so that's kind of where i stand with uh pretty woman
2: yeah, for me with Pretty Woman, I think this is my third time seeing it. And the thing I always come back to in this film is it's actually something Matt said, where I like these characters separately. I really hate them together. Um, I, I really don't like their relationship in this film. The main thing is they establish pretty clearly what Richard Gere wants from a relationship. He wants someone who's at his beck and call and kind of does whatever he asks him to. He's not used to being told no. I just think for the majority of the film, he really just treats her like an object. He always says, like, I never treated you like a prostitute, but he still expects her to kind of change everything about her for him. Um, and she does that by the end of the film. She's a completely different person from where she started. I still think her personality is there, but in terms of how she acts and behaves, she has changed her entire being to fit what Richard Gere wants. And I just really didn't enjoy this viewing of it. It does have some really fun moments like the shopping spree, and there's some great comedy with her interacting with some of his social life friends um Overall, I just really don't believe these two would work together. I think as soon as she gets used to R- to Richard Gere's lifestyle, you know, talking about what's going to happen after the film, obviously. But I think as soon as she gets used to this lifestyle and he loses like the funness of showing her how great it is to be rich, I just think they fall apart pretty quickly.
0: And I just really don't like this relationship at all. I don't like watching them together for most of the movie, but I liked how at the end the movie was able to make me hope that they would work together. I liked watching him. Uh, decide to fix that deal so he could actually kind of have his own hands on it and like build something for himself for once instead of just like selling off everything it was like oh okay so like he's actually like actively making changes and uh as is she so whenever like he arrives at the end and the limo like to take the princess from the tallest tower as they kind of uh, mentioned her fantasy (laughs) um It's the movie. Like, I don't know. Yeah, I guess you are right. And I guess I am forgetting about some of those obvious, uh, like not good things. But I don't know. The movie just made me hope that they could, you know, make these changes and grow together. Will they? I don't know. But um, I definitely like. And neither do I, obviously. But yeah. So, um, yeah, I don't know. I guess it it worked for me, despite some of those uh, hard to root for things. But yeah, I mean, I guess it's time to bring in the other Julia one. I mean, we talked – like we gave some gl- pretty glowing reviews, I guess, for Notting Hill earlier. Um, Is this, I guess, an easy matchup now that we're talking about uh, Pretty Woman? <laughs> I think – at least when it comes to – I know Keith was going to mention the comedy of Pretty Woman. It's there. I mean, like Austin said, that, that fish out of water stuff. But it's interesting to compare it to something that is so much more traditionally um, funny and something that's more traditionally romantic that doesn't have some of those ick moments like Notting Hill. So – Yeah, at least for me, Um, anyway.
2: Yeah, this might be a tougher matchup for you guys. For me, it's a little easier just because I don't buy the relationship in Pretty Woman. And I I do really like the relationship in Notting Hill. Um, It also just feels a bit more real to me. Like, obviously, it's a pretty crazy premise. This massively famous celebrity um, meets this person. But um, I think for me, the relationship's better. There's a lot more funnier moments with that dry British humor. I think the performances are also a little bit better in Notting Hill. Um, I love the side characters. Um, so yeah, Notting Hill will pretty easily get my vote over Pretty Woman.
1: Yeah, it's pretty easy for me too. Notting Hill will get my vote. Pretty Woman. Glad I saw it. Now I can say I've seen it. Um, but I think overall, you know, while the romance did kind of work for me a little bit more than it did for you, Austin, it still kind of falls flat for me. Um, I think Julie Roberts definitely is the one that carries the movie and it's not to diss Richard Gere too much, but I just found his character to be a little bit more bland than her. Uh, But maybe that's how he was supposed to be written, you know, just kind of a boring workaholic kind of guy. So I get it. But still, I definitely thought she carried it more as far as the comedy goes. So I'll vote for Notting Hill.
0: Despite, I guess, being out of the three of us, the person that liked Pretty Woman the most, um, it doesn't change the fact that it's easy for me, too, because I just like Notting Hill so much more. Um, I mean, we'll talk about Notting Hill, I guess, more in a little bit. So I'll save it for that (laughs) and make it quick. But yeah, I, I have tons of great things to say about that one.
2: All right. Well, we have sorted out. Our semi-finalists and Notting Hill will move on to face Legally Blonde in our semi-final round.
0: All right, everybody, we're coming down to the wire here. It is time for our semi-finals. Uh, this first matchup, like we teased earlier, is Catherine Keener versus Catherine Keener, a movie that I would love to see. Um, but we have The 40-Year-Old Virgin versus Enough Said. Yeah, we
2: have, I think, our most traditional rom-com uh, movie in this bracket with The 40-Year-Old Virgin. And then I think we have our most mature movie in the bracket with Enough Said. So which way are you guys going to be leaning?
1: This is a tough one. I think mean, it's it probably the tough. toughest one for me yet.
0: I do think I ultimately know where I will go, but I'm going to feel bad about it. <laughs> this is the hardest one. Like, like again, I know what I'm going to pick, but it's still hard. I guess. Like what Austin said, we have the most traditional one on here with 40-year-old Virgin. And I guess tradition isn't always a bad thing. I mean, rom-com is a very tropey uh, genre, no question about that. Um, and this one checks all those boxes. But I think when Judd Apatow is kind of um, firing on all cylinders, he can make really awesome, like, rewatchable, sweet, funny, like, gross sometimes. And not in a bad way, just like, oh, like, the humor itself can be gross. Um, but he can, like, deliver all of those, and it, it ma- he makes it look easy. Um, I don't know. Maybe I want to hear what you guys have to say, but at least at the outset, I feel like I'm leaning towards 40 year old virgin just because it is so laugh out loud funny. It has held up for the most part. You know, there's some stuff in there that doesn't, but it has for the most part held up very well, uh, particularly on the romance side. (sighs) Enough said is so good though, but right now I think I am leaning towards the more traditional thing, despite my love for enough said, because that's another great relationship too.
2: Yeah, I, I feel so confident I'm willing to lock in my vote. Um, I will be voting for The 40-Year-Old Virgin. I will say I think Enough Said is better written and has better dialogue. But The 40-Year-Old Virgin checks all the boxes of what I'm looking for. It's very funny, has a great relationship at the center of it. Um, our characters spend enough time together that we believe they will get together, and, and I actually believe they'll stay together um, after the movie. And it also has great side characters. So the 40-Year-Old Virgin, I think, just hits all those boxes. Like Matt said, it's Judd Apatow firing on all cylinders. I can't believe I waited so long to see this movie. Um, yeah, it'll definitely get my vote.
1: I think I'm going to have to go with 40-Year-Old Virgin as well, too. I think it's just it's just a heavy hitter. The comedy's there. It's hilarious. The less work between uh, Steve Carell and Catherine Keener is there. Uh, and then the side characters and their stories as well um, are funny and, and heartfelt. So... 40-year-old virgin
2: the condom scene alone might be
0: the funniest like slapstick thing i've (laughs) seen in forever whenever he talks about it later he's like i exploded it on my balls or something (laughs) it's like oh man the sound and that whenever his daughter walks in just sees piles of condoms it's like no (laughs) oh so good so good um yeah i i feel i feel good about voting for a 40-year-old virgin as well um i guess lastly with enough said i would just say echo everything we've already said about it um, just love the relationship and I guess I wouldn't say there's less comedy in it it's just it's a more dry delivery or like subtle or real feeling because like it's not like James Gandolfini was like making me laugh out loud with things he was saying but I found it very sweet and funny because I loved watching the things that he would say to make you know Julie Louis Dreyfus laugh When you know like his whole thing about like basically just saying oh like at the end like his like callback jokes that he would say several times like oh, I finally got night tables. And she's like, oh, really? He's like, no. And then it's like, that's what they close on. It's like, <laughs> it's not like that's funny even, but it's just, I like watching characters actually laugh at other characters, which is weird to think. I don't know if we see that a lot in movies. It's like, we, the audience are supposed to laugh, but I liked seeing laughter. I think we see it with Catherine Keener and Steve Carell in this one we too, do. Though. That's true. We do. Yeah. So just definitely a glowing review for Enough Said, one that I'm not going to wait another 10 years to watch. Um, I think it's great, but- 40-Year-Old Virgin, if 40-Year-Old Virgin didn't have such a sweet romance, I think voting for Enough's would be easy, but it's almost like they give you the wacky, crazy, funny stuff, and oh, also here is an incredible like romance to watch blossom too, so it gets my vote too. All right,
2: well, the 40-Year-Old Virgin is going to move on to the final round, and for our next matchup in the semifinals, we have Legally Blonde going up against Notting Hill. All right, this is an easy one for me.
0: Oh, well, go we'll for get it. in misker. there, Keith.
2: What are you doing? I'm voting Notting Hill, man.
0: Well, man.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Wait, what does McConaughey say in Fill Your Launch? When he's like, Are you good, Tripp? He's like, Well, I'm good. I'm real good. <laughs>
0: <laughs> he says that in probably any movie. <laughs>
1: yeah. Also, Lincoln Lawyer. Also, Mud. I'm good. I'm good.
0: I'm, I'm, I'm mud. Really good. I'm
2: <laughs> i wonder if the boat that's crashed in the island in mud is matthew mcconaughey's sailboat from failure to launch yeah he oh, plays the same character i don't know if he wow.
0: <laughs> yeah trip changed his name to, to mud <laughs> oh man we got to anyway. get mud on a bracket someday um yeah, all right we well, there you go easy vote from keith out of the way austin i guess is it an easy one for you too yeah i mean i voted
2: against legally blonde last round uh i think notting hill is a fantastic movie Legally Blonde's fine. Uh, there's no way it's going to beat out Notting Hill for me, though.
0: Yeah, it's funny. It's kind of the same as uh, the last uh, semifinal round we just did. Um, it, it's equally as hard for me, but I still know which way I'm leaning. Um, and it's kind of for the same reasons, too. It's like tradition, I guess, isn't always a bad thing. Maybe it, particularly when it comes to rom-coms. I think Notting Hill is far more traditional, but I might even, I think I would go to as far to say that I think Legally Blonde is a better movie. I think the writing in it is just like Kind of secretly off the charts good in a – Better comedy. Yeah, and the comedy definitely works. But yeah, with Notting Hill, it's kind of like what I said with Enough said. It's like the opposite. It's just like Notting Hill is traditional. It does check all the boxes you expect it to. It works in the exact same way. But I think Richard Curtis, um, who wrote it, he didn't direct it. But the way they um, just executed on everything that you expect to see is just A plus level. So it makes the overall watching experience so good. Um, so even if I want to vote for Legally Blondes, I do feel bad. I'm going to vote for Notting Hill. I'm voting for the traditional one again. Uh, cause it's just so sweet. It's so funny. I don't know. I was just kind of enthralled by it, to be honest. I wasn't expecting that type of feeling when watching like a rom-com. I just usually watch it to enjoy, but I was like so into it.
2: It's such an interesting story too. Like I, I was yeah. I, honestly, I think more engaged with the story than I was with the actual romance at its core.
1: I think some of the best acting in, in any sort of movie, TV, whatever, is always like just your simple like dinner scenes, which is what you got in Notting Hill. When they're kind of going around like kind of bashing like like themselves and kind of being like self-deprecating and all that kind of stuff about their own lives and all that kind of stuff and just kinda of making themselves feel feel comfortable with one another. I thought that was a really cool scene. And even Julie Roberts's character, even though she's a celebrity, starts bashing her own life too. So it was kind of cool to see these normal civilians and then like a celebrity kind of come together at a normal dinner.
0: Yeah, they did a good job of, like, treating the element of, like, you expect celebrities' lives must be pitch perfect. But then, like, she's able to kind of hold her own against these people talking about, like, losing jobs or, like, losing the ability to walk or, like, like all these, like, tragedies and stuff. And, like, they do a good job of, like, kind of, like, pulling a curtain back. And it's like, oh, man, that life would be pretty miserable. (laughs) So, yeah.
2: Well, I think it's time to get right into our final round for this year's rom-com bracket. Um, we have our two movies that I think we spent the most time just waxing poetic on in this bracket. We have the 40-year-old Virgin versus Notting Hill. Um, this might be one of the hardest finals we've had in a long time in one of our brackets.
0: Ooh, it is a tough one. Uh, two extremely traditional rom-coms, but ones that both just execute on what it's going for pretty supremely to make for really like, just great watching experiences. I'm trying to decide in my head if I want to give like, extra points to something like Notting Hill. Because it has tons of different types of, like, you know, humor in it, just like something like, you know, 40-Year-Old Virgin. It has a great relationship in it at its core, just like 40-Year-Old Virgin. Um, But I don't know. Do I give Notting Hill extra points because I found, like, the story itself more engaging? Um, Do I give it extra points because, like, that sweetness that we see in 40-Year-Old Virgin, kind of mostly just with the Steve Carell and Catherine Keener relationship? I feel like kind of that overall, like, sweet, good feeling kind of permeates all of Notting Hill. I don't know if that's, like, something to reward, though. I mean, it's just something I'm thinking about. Like, two things that it has that might differ it from 40-year-old Virgin. Um, hmm. I don't know. I mean, what do you guys think? I think as, as much as I love the story of Notting
2: Hill, there are some issues with Julia Roberts' character. Like, she's when they first meet, she doesn't tell him about her boyfriend from back home. Um, She has that temper that they reference quite a bit, especially that you kind of see come out during the scandal. Um, You see her kind of cast him aside when she's casually talking to her coworker about him. Um, So there are some hints in this relationship. That's like, maybe this isn't going to last long-term when they're both on screen together, though, their chemistry is fantastic. Like we've said, the story is super engaging and does hold its runtime. Um, The side characters are great. I think with the 40 year old Virgin though, it might overall just be a sweeter movie. Um, the comedy, I, th- I think, it, it's certainly funnier than Notting Hill. As much as I love that dar- that dry British humor, I do. I, there's like direct laugh out loud moments I can point to in the Forty Year Old Virgin. I also think it has great side characters. I think the relationship in this one might just have a bit more staying power for me. Um, so I think I'll give our first vote of the finals to the Forty Year Old Virgin.
0: All right, I don't mean to do this to you, Keith. I know it's a, it's a position that I certainly hate being in on these bracket <laughs> episodes. But while I, I like came into this final, I like really like, I don't know what I'm going to do. I'd be happy with either, but I don't know where I'm leaning. But while Austin was talking about 40 year old Virgin, a lot of the things he was saying, I think is what edges out Notting Hill for me. It's like, I, I feel the exact same way he feels about that movie, about a different movie. Um, so I echo all of those sentiments, just copy pasted onto my movie. <laughs> um, but yeah, I just thought, I think Notting Hill just impressed me more. And the reason is, like we mentioned a few rounds ago, Every time like a moment came up that was supposed to drive them apart, like all rom-coms do, I completely understood it. There was never like a time where I was like, oh, here we go, like rolling my eyes like this has to happen, like in all of these movies. But even that moment Austin mentioned, like whenever she's like kind of talking shit about him a little bit and he's able to overhear it, you're like at first like, oh, what a dick. That sucks. But then whenever she shows up at the shop and he asks about it, she's like. You think I'm going to like like spill my guts to this guy I barely know who's like a chatterbox and is going to go like like talk about my life and get me into another scandal? It's like another one of those moments where she's like, this is how my life works because anything I'll say will get reported on. I do love you. I'm here to tell you that right now, and I want to stay here with you, um, but he can't quite get over like this lifestyle, um, and that's what like changes towards the end. And I was like, oh, wow. So like any moment that I thought somebody was a dick, I was like – OK, I get it now. <laughs> so that, that element of the writing just really impressed me. And like that final just big hurrah of them all trying to get to her press conference and him <laughs> pulling out the what was it, the horse and hound <laughs> line again <laughs> in order to ask those questions. I just found that so endearing the way that like he asked it and like, apologized at the same time and then they come together. So I love both these movies, but I think I'm just going to give the fact that one maybe impressed me a little bit more as my edge. So I will officially vote for Notting Hill.
2: All right, Keith. It's Judd versus Julia. It's come down to these two. There's one vote for Notting Hill, one vote for the 40-year-old version. Are you going Steve Carell? Are you going Hugh Grant? What are you doing? Mm. <laughs> Gosh, I hate this
1: position. Uh, I think both these movies are great. I have 40-year-old version is one of those that I would seen a bunch of times and always enjoyed every time I put it on. And Notting Hill was the one I'd seen for the first time and was really impressed. Like you were, Matthew. So, but man, where do I stand as far as where's the swing vote going to go? I don't know. I don't know. It's tough. (laughs) It's a hard one. Yeah, it's very tough.
2: I mean, you got to give it to Seth Rogen's tattoos, right? (laughs)
1: Just ask questions. That's it.
2: Uh, (laughs) Yeah, that's a funny.
0: Then watching him do that and it work is pretty funny.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I think I know where I have to go, though. (gasps) Think I okay. know where I have to go. It's kind of coming to me.
2: Rewatchability, Keith. That's your thing. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, see, I, we'll I, I
2: can that. see myself
1: rewatch, I can see myself rewatching Notting Hill as well. And I would definitely, <laughs> Notting Hill is definitely one I bet a lot of people haven't seen. So I would say, you know, I recommend it to a lot of people who have yeah. not seen it before. So, um, but I think I'm gonna go with 40 Old Virgin. Woo! Yeah. All right, all right. Only reason being I think the comedy works for me just a little bit more. There's a lot more comedy in it. And But I think the, the romance sides of both these movies are like evenly matched. So I think the comedy will take, take it for me on 40-Year-Old Virgin. But really, I think both these movies win. But if I had to choose one, it's winning by a hairline, and that's 40-Year-Old Virgin.
0: Well, there you go. 40-Year-Old Virgin takes it for our third rom-com bracket. Congratulations. Congratulations.
2: Fortunately, Julia, unlike in Notting Hill where your character wins an award, you will not be winning the <laughs> oh. bracket today.
0: Judd Apatow takes it home. Well, guys, um, my final question to you before we close out here, what I always like to do now that we're starting to rack up some of the same brackets year after year. We had About Time in our first rom-com bracket, and we had Crazy Stupid Love last year. So, the 40-year-old virgin, is it better than About Time or Crazy Stupid Love? Where does it rank for you amongst our past winners? Hands down, About Time is still the best rom-com I've ever seen. (laughs) <laughs> so 40-Year-Old Virgin, better than Crazy Stupid Love, would you say?
2: Uh, yeah, because I don't really remember Crazy
0: Stupid Love. <laughs> <laughs> that's fair. That's fair.
2: Yeah, I, I really like Crazy Stupid Love.
1: Uh, that's It's probably evenly matched for me as far as the comedy goes with 40-Year-Old Virgin. Um, but as far as like the better movie out of the three, I think About Time would still take it.
0: I have the same ranking, About Time, still on top. but Then I'd sneak 40-Year-Old Virgin in there. So there you go. Right, smack dab in the middle—a good place to be, if you ask me. What about Notting Hill? Since you originally voted for that, uh, I think it would be the same. I don't think I could put Notting Hill um, above About Time, but Richard Curtis can be happy that he has—he would have two movies on my list. There you go. He'd have two uh, certificates from the RNH podcast. I know he'd have to put them uh, in the same place in his house. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, with that, we'll go ahead and close out here. Uh, congratulations again to the 40-year-old virgin. But thank you all out there so much for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, make sure you hit that follow button so you never miss our upcoming content. Also, if you wouldn't mind sharing us with a friend, we'd really would appreciate that to so continue to grow our show. Please leave us reviews as well. Even if you don't want to write anything, leaving us a five-star review over on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you have get your podcasts, really does help us out. At the Arnie's is our social, and the Arnie's.media is the website. We'll be back next Tuesday for... A return that I forgot was happening to the MCU with Ant-Man and the Wasp, Mania. Guys, any excitement here? I think it's more curiosity. I hope this one
2: is good. Uh, it's our first time seeing Kang since Loki. I hope it's not kind of another um, like mixed received movie from the MCU, because that'll be a lot in a row now.
1: Uh, yeah, I guess I'm, I would say I'm semi-excited. Um, I've only watched the first trailer on this movie, so I really don't know what to expect. But I do think that, yeah, a whole nother big world's going to be opening up for us in the Marvel universe. So just anxious to see what they do.
0: Yeah. Our beloved Peyton Reed, director of Down With Love, returns to probably strike out three for three with the Ant-Man movies in my <laughs> book. No, I'm kidding. Uh, I am actually kind of excited for this one. After that most recent trailer, I finally got excited for it for the first time. Uh, nothing had really gotten me there previously. So I'm cautiously optimistic. We'll see what we walk away with here. Also, last week, we checked in
2: on the mid-season for The Last of Us over on HBO Max. Uh, Keith actually got to join us and share his thoughts on this show. So if you want to hear our thoughts so far and how The Last of Us has been playing out, be sure to go check that episode out.
1: And lastly, we want to hear from you. So please send us a message on Instagram at the TheArnie's or email us TheArnie'sMedia at gmail.com. What's your favorite rom-com movie? Out of all of our selections today, do you think we picked the right winner? Anything you say, we'll read on the show and rant to it live on our latest episode.
0: That's right, everybody. We love doing these brackets. We hope you enjoy listening to them. So have a great rest of your week. We'll catch you next time. See ya.
2: I'm just a girl standing in front of a boy asking him to love me.
0: I object. (laughs)